This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome home. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. And this podcast is the home at class you wish you'd been offered. We're two moms who've been real-life best friends for more than two decades. We're trying to create gracious homes that are welcoming, but also functional, all while dealing with real-life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us, and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. You're listening to Welcome Home. On today's episode, we're talking with Dr. Susanna Baldwin, author of Women, Language, and Power, giving voice to our ambition. We're discussing why, as women, we say what we do, how we're raised to communicate, and what we can do to change our patterns for more effective and direct communication. We're taking the bull by the horns. Plus, learning to be the hammer at home, why Nancy Pelosi has earned the right to highlights, and why people who swim at 630 in the morning may just be the best all around. All that and more on this week's episode of Welcome Home. Welcome home. Ram. Hello, Kirsten. Welcome home. I love today's episode. Dr. We did Dr. Baldwin. Yeah, I did. Well, you know, I love an interview. Um, we get silly when it's just you and me, but when we have a, when we have someone to keep us in check, we put on our business pants today. Um, yeah, no. So yeah, I was, uh, I was a little bit insecure as we get into, because I really wanted my language to come across well, Graham. And I know it's always yeah, it's tricky. So we had Dr. Baldwin on. And so basically what she does is help women communicate, you know, so I'm sitting there going, uh, should, how many likes can I say in one sentence? You know? Oh, the likes, the likes were plaguing me as well. I also love the concept of an executive coach. Like I wish I had it in job that needed a coach because I do feel like it is so interesting how we pay for these stupid, not stupid, but we pay for these coaches for my kids who are oh, not okay yeah oh yeah if, okay we can be professional athletes the coaches are wonderful and there's a million reasons for you sports yada 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 that said right like an executive coach i love the idea of coaching i know more putting more into ourselves and yet we mm -hmm. feel so badly sometimes when we try to do that no she was mm -hmm. great she definitely we picked up some great uh some great tips and i think our listeners will too but what's going on in your life um, I know it's a, it's a happy new year. We had, we all got COVID on New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's funny. I've got one who was diagnosed yesterday with COVID. It's our first, like we really had a strong run. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, you did. I mean, you, you we had a strong run. And the funny thing too, I went in to talk to Harrison today before we started taping. And I was like, remember those people in 2020 who basically said, forget it all. We're just going to buy a sailboat and go sailing and just sit this COVID thing out they could still be sailing right now. And it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be weird. Right. I mean, I think a number of us would have come home after six months and said, okay, time to get back to the real world. But the truth is you could still definitely be on your boat right now. It's so interesting. And I realized that I'm coming at this from the position of someone who moved during COVID, but my, co my move was un-COVID related. It was already in the works before COVID. We put it on a little pause and then we went for it. But the number of people who like picked up and moved to the country during COVID mm -hmm. or did the sailboat or whatever. I remember at the time thinking like, that's so crazy because why would you move, you know, why would you make such a huge permanent decision for something that's like so temporary? To me, it was like, it's raining 
Right. Let's sell our convertible. And it's like, well, it won't be tomorrow. <laughs> It'll be sunny again. But like, joke's on me. Those people were really smart. Uh, I literally thought that was like, well, what are you going to do in three weeks when this is all over? Like, that's I, a great analogy that you just pulled out. Raining, sell your convertible. Oh. I mean, that's really what I thought. I'm like, well, what are you going to do tomorrow? But uh, the sun is never coming out, apparently. So, <laughs> wah, wah. just kidding. And you know, you know how I won't use the phrase the new normal? Mm -mm. Oh, you don't like, don't that? like that? Don't like that. Okay. Um, I have something I really do want to talk to you about. And I feel like we have such smart listeners that um, mm -hmm. they might have some great ideas. Okay. So okay. we have touched on the idea of allowances for kids. Mm -hmm. And I know you don't like my green light, but I like my green light. We've talked about this before. They're not a sponsor. Although, frankly, they should be, although they won't be because Graham doesn't like them. But it's this card. And it's, mm -hmm. by the way, I looked into it. It is $5 a month, but it's $5 mm -hmm. for all of your kids. So if you've got like four kids... I mean, you know, this this averages out or not averages out. It's um, what's it called? Um, scale. It scales. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, my kids have a green light card, and they get paid on Sundays for doing their allowance. And we have really been using this to kind of like up our chore game. The kids are now doing the dishes. They're setting the table. They have to do their homework. They have to practice their instruments. Blah 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 blah. But like we've been doing a lot of traveling, and then sometimes they they don't do they don't make their beds. They don't do whatever. And I'm getting really frustrated because now all of a sudden my kids have all this money. And in our mind, we thought, great, they're going to have to start making financial decisions. They're going to have to start buying their clothes or whatever. Like they, we gave them a lot of money with the intent that they would be purchasing more stuff, you know? So instead of like mm -hmm. uh, asking us every 15 minutes, can I get a new sweatshirt? Can I get whatever? It's like, sure, you've got money in your account because they really like want clothes, right? Right. Okay. So all that's happened is now I've got three wealthy children who barely do their allowance and they're just buying all, all they're spending their money on is virtual. It's like Roblox, it's skins, it's I don't even know, it's apps. So essentially they're just now wasting money virtually. And I'm going out of my mind because so, wait, so why'd you come up with such a stupid system? Well, we didn't know, but here's my new thought. Here's my new thought. All parenting systems, here's what we should do. Mm -hmm. We roll it out and then there's a problem. We're like, oh crap, what do we do? A new policy and if you've got younger kids i would i would implement this immediately when you roll out a plan roll out the beta version and announce to everyone <laughs> this is the beta version you are a test user and we're gonna see if this works or not that's my first tip uh, we should have beta version version the olympic the um um the allowance okay well, i mean also i could have you should have here's another thing called phone a friend you could have asked me hey why don't we give children the money that we would otherwise spend on them ourselves for them to manage. And I could have said, uh, shut it down. Don't even start up the beta. Don't even, don't even try to build out an app. It's so frustrating because now they're like, every time we go somewhere, they're like, well, can I, can I buy that? I'm like, no, please. I have my own money. I have my oh, money. it kills me. That's, oh, that's what I have gets my me. own money. It's like, like, no, it's not your money. It's like pretend your money. And we're not, and then give it to you so you could buy slime. I gave it juice. Like, oh, my daughter, it's like, she has a three dollars in her account she's got to spend two dollars and 97 cents immediately you know yes well that's that's yeah that's my youngest absolutely 100 percent. i mean okay. it's burning a hole in his pocket and you know what makes me so angry and i feel like such a witch when i do this is my youngest literally the day after christmas he'll start thinking up all the new things he wants and the new things he's going to buy yes. and now that he's pocketed some money and i literally have said so many times in the most angry voice we're done. We're out. We're it's it's over. Like I'm not I don't mince words. Dr. Baldwin would be proud of me in this episode coming up. Like I'm like no one is buying you anything else. You you're 
quotient of money spend is out. And I don't care if you can purchase it on your own. Like we're just done yeah. buying yeah. stuff. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I want to break the bottom pit. buying stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, wait, but here's my new strategy. I, uh-huh. So they went up to school today. I walk around the house. I'm like one of them didn't make their bed. There's mm-hmm. dirty laundry all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, Just, oh, uh, the towels, the towels are like in balls over the mm-hmm. towel racks as opposed okay. to just, you know, whatever. Neatly and folded. like, here's what I would like to do. I would like to say, we'll keep this money flowing. We'll continue the allowance. And every time I see clothes on the floor, I deduct a dollar. Every time I see shoes left out in the dining room, I deduct a dollar. Every time your bed's not made, I take off a dollar. I think listeners are sitting there thinking that's more like the reason you do allowance is you earn your allowance over the week rather than you sitting there having to keep a mental tally deducting dollars for three children. I know, but I feel like wouldn't it be like a pain in the butt for, I know, because that was my first thought too, but well, mm-hmm. I mean, I've got a beta version of this, obviously. Yeah, beta, you just call me. You're adding, a, you're making more no, no, no. for yourself. But here's my question. If I did it for a couple of days and they come home and they're like, what happened to all my money? And I'm like, mm, you know, I was back here, back there, $17 there for socks, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. What about that? See, I take a more Pavlovian approach to things is that every now and then I do something so crazy and radical that they live in a little bit of fear of me, right? So all of a sudden I'll just fly off the wall one day at like one towel that's left on the ground and I'll say, well, you can't play in your basketball game this weekend. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 totally. You know, something absolutely devastating so that it's such a shock and awe moment that, um, and then you have to follow through, right? They legitimately can't do something major, right? Or you've lost screens for an entire weekend and they never know when it's going to come, right? Like mom could snap at any minute. And so it keeps them on edge constantly. Although I act I as like, if like we don't have dirty clothes on the floor or whatever. Yeah, and but- I also feel like I'm listening to the psychological like warfare you're doing on your children. Okay, well, I can tell you, regardless of if my children are going to be making 12 cents this month, owing me a dollar or getting a dollar, I know what I would like to spend my money on this month. Oh, I hope it's the same thing I would like to spend my money on. We have one of my favorite sponsors we've ever had up there with my or- my love of Aura Frames. My darling friend, Anne, um, owns this wonderful company called Freedom Soap. And their website is freedomsoaps.com. They are a beautiful, I'd almost say apothecary here in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. But basically her company makes handmade, all natural, sustainable, beautiful kind of skincare items that are free from synthetic dyes, fragrances, parabens, all of the terrible things. Um, But she's partnered with us today. You can get gorgeous. I mean, I've been using this product for years. So as far as testing goes, um, I've tested it all. She makes soaps that smell like heaven, whipped shea butter, lotions, exfoliating sugar scrubs, um, anything you want toning water, cleansing oils. Um, But the coolest thing she does that I love the most is a solid scent perfume. Have you even heard of that? I think this is- I have. That's Yes, I have. And by the way, just to clarify, Grandma's saying, I have a friend. This is is an actual company. This is freedomsoaps.com. You have to go on their website. It's a wonderful website. Um, The packaging on these products is gorgeous. They would make- excellent excellent gifts uh the solid scent that grim's referring to it's like a it's like an old-fashioned tin almost and you pull it mm-hmm. open and it's it's almost like a chapstick of perfume right yeah yeah and yeah and you have it yeah it's, it's it's such a i have never seen solid set perfume before I've, I, they're gonna, very rare i've seen them a few times but it's a really cool concept and it's I also, hard to find well yeah. these okay i don't know i know we're just coming off the holidays here but gifts i feel like 
I, I'm just tired of bringing a bottle of wine to someone's house. I'm tired of bringing flowers like this. I would just have like a closet full of, um, of like gifts ready to go from this company because the packaging is phenomenal and I can like smell them through the website. Right. right. Um, and she's, her company is a big deal here in Birmingham, but I know we have a lot of listeners elsewhere. So if you're looking for something that's cool and different, I would definitely recommend it. The lavender soap. Ooh, I'm looking right now. It may be sold out, but you'll see, um, if you look at the website, it actually comes with real lavender kind of on top and on it, it, it will smell up an entire room of wonderful lavender. It's that just strong in a good way um and by the way can i just tell you now that i know that all these products were palm oil free and i went into the faqs like why is that a big deal now i'm like oh i hate palm oil i didn't know that i cared about things being palm oil free but now i definitely do and these are all palm oil free so there you go yeah it's a really big deal because palm oil is basically what's deforesting all of our rainforests Okay, so Graham, do we have a code for these wonderful products for our listeners? We do. It's very simple. All you need to do is go to freedomsoaps.com. So freedomsoaps.com. And when you check out, use the code welcome, one word, welcome. Try caps locked. That's how I did it. Um, so all capital welcome. And you'll get 15 so it's not. It's not welcome. It's welcome. 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 <laughs> hello, hello welcome new customer. To welcome yes. to the discount. Exactly. And it's a very generous discount. It's 15%. And the price points on everything are incredibly reasonable. They're really reasonable. So yeah. You will be totally hooked up. Thank you, Anne. And thank you, Freedom Soap Co. Thank you, Freedom Soaps. We're excited. Um, all right. Without further ado, shall we get to our interview with Dr. Susanna Baldwin? Shall we go Absolutely. learn how to communicate more effectively? And also for those of you who are working with little kids or have daughters, little ears listening, some good tips in here too for how we should be speaking to the younger women in our lives and showing them too. So I hope you guys enjoy it. We thought it was fascinating. And thank you so much, Susanna, for your time. It was a great interview. Enjoy. Welcome. Welcome to our show. Thank you so much for being here. What a pleasure. Yeah, so let's just be really honest. I have never been quite as insecure having a guest on the show because you are an expert in communications. And I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking, I hope what I'm saying is is intelligent. And I hope I'm not giving all the tells and discrediting myself and mm. all of the other things that women do. So this is, I'm just going to tell you, I am kind of walking on eggshells as every word comes out of my mouth. But you know what? I'm a work in progress. You're here to teach us. So I'm going to go easy on myself. So Susanna, it's Graham here. Give us a little background on you, your book. Let's let's just jump right in. Yeah, I'm a psychologist by training, actually, but I left that field and went into leadership development. And then when I was there working with leaders, I realized one of the really un- underappreciated skills for leaders was communication. So I became a communications coach to help leaders be able to communicate in a way that inspired people, that influenced people, that really could change people's um, lives. And in doing that, I ran into a lot of women in my practice who are struggling with progressing in their careers because they weren't very effective with communication. And then the full circle there is I realized as a psychologist, there were some very clear reasons why women speak, Kirsten, the way we do in ways that sometimes undermine us as opposed to move us towards the things that we want. So I um, work in tech companies and biotech companies with leaders a lot and, and others, but who are trying to progress. And um, it's really led me down this wonderful path of understanding how girls are raised and socialized in ways that don't help them 
become more powerful in the world. But I liked what you said about the, in, in the intro of your book though, is that, that, and correct me if I'm wrong, that's not almost, you were always kind of an expressive expressive person, right? <laughs> you're, you're, you're the direct one. You don't struggle with this. However, you see the converse in so many of your clients and see, and I, I kind of resonate with that too, because I'm not a meek, quiet, you know, diminutive yeah. woman. And so I, it always perplexes me whenever I sit and talk to other women who are like, I was just like scared to say what I was thinking. I just didn't want to ruffle any feathers. And so I'm probably the opposite. So, but, but that apparently feathers is the- all day long. Yeah. <laughs> not a problem. Yes. Well, I, and I paid a big price for that too. The way women pay a price for not being powerful enough. Yes. I was the last of four, extremely opinionated, extremely intelligent, extremely forceful communicators. So the mm-hmm. dinner table was this intense mm-hmm. um, experience. And if you couldn't, grab the room, grab the floor, spit it out, say what you had to say. You just got spit out. So I learned all of that. And then when I went to school, you know, I spent most of my time in the, in the coat closet because the teacher, I would, would be, you know, because I'd be talking all the time, one and two talking forcefully. And I got in a lot of trouble for it. So, and I stood up for my girlfriends. That was the thing I would say, wait a minute, you've got to tell that guy to stop hitting you. Mm -hmm. So, so I would go and tell him. Right. But so the question today, I guess, is how are we going to thread that needle? Because you're you, I get you. That's more how I am the same concept. Um, but then at the same time, I feel like a complete, so sorry, Kirsten, I don't mean to hijack. See, look, I'm apologizing, but I will be a complete chameleon because I basically now have learned because of the fact that I spent so much time in trouble to read the room, dial it down, like tone it up when it needs to be toned up, tone it down when it needs to be toned down, smile when I need to smile. And then just like balls to the wall when it's appropriate for me to go balls to the wall. So is that the right? Am I the perfect communicator? (laughs) Well, yes. Good communicators are constantly um, reading the room and seeing what's needed to really impact their audience. But, you know, women have been taught, girls are taught so early on to be quiet and to be nice and to speak in ways that, you know, when he, the little kid runs by and knocks their, their thing over. And when they yell at him, they, the teacher tells them, you know, say that nicely. So what I find is that women first have to figure out what they really feel and what they really want to say, and then say it in a way that they don't catch the backlash, which is what you're talking about. I mean, women, we want women, girls to be powerful to a point, you know, and then we still want them to be nice and yielding and, and considerate. So it's really first figuring out how do I feel about that? And what do I want to say? And how can I say that without modifying, making it nice? You know, you could say, I don't want to do that project. Or you can say, I'm not really sure that project is going to work for me. Now, the second one, particularly to a man, sounds like, well, she's not sure. The first one is, I don't want to do that project. And that's the difference. First, figure out what it is you want to say, and then figure out how to do it in a way that kind of threads that needle where you're not paying a price for it. But see, which one wins? If I'm the female leader and I listen to that, I would want to fire both of those women. Like one, you don't want to do the work. And then the second one, I don't really think that works for me. Like you're basically like telling me and like girls speak, you don't want to do it. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm a tough cookie. Like that one, none of those would work for me. I'd be like, why don't you doing the work? This is your job. Like, why don't you want your project? Yeah, that has to do with context. Right. Let's just say they had a choice. You know, let's just say they had a choice. Okay. Or 
you know, because again, when you put a woman in a position where she's going to have to, oh, I have a perfect example for you. I was at a resort over a hotel over the holiday break and everybody had two chaises, chaise lounges. They were coupled together. And um, this one couple had two, but this woman's husband wasn't there. So another woman came and took her chaise, brought it over to her place for her daughter. And when the husband came out, sorry, when the woman came out, she goes, oh, I took your chaise. I took it for my daughter. But if you want it back, I'll give it to you. And the woman went, well, uh, I don't know if my husband, she said, well, do you want it back? And the woman, "Eh, do you want it back? She said for the third time, you know what I mean? Do you want it back? And she just had such a hard time because she did want it back. Yeah, it was so hard to say, I'm going to take it away from your daughter, even though it was my chess lounge. That's a great example. I've seen yeah. that in a million iterations. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. So how do we solve that? Because that I see every day on repeat. Because we have to realize that we've been trained again to, you know, the whole way we sort of define femininity is around how we are with other people. If you look at the research on um, sort of gender norms, we're considerate, we're loving, we're sensitive, we're yielding. Our whole sense of self comes from really being caring and loving and good. So if we say, no, I want the chaise lounge, that offends our own sense mm-hmm. of being a, a, a good female. And so, first of all, we got to break that myth, you know, like that was BS. You know what I mean? Men don't say that. They go, hey, I want that chaise. If she's not going to say no, I'm taking it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going with that. And I've learned. Okay. okay so let me let me stop you there for a second, because it's 2022. Okay. We've got women running companies and states. We've got a female vice president. My question is, I'm 42. I, I hear what you're saying. And I'm like, yep, yep, yep. But I also have a nine year old daughter. Like, do you think these, do you, like, is this going to be relevant in 15 years? Do you think we still are doing this to girls? Or do you think that this is a problem that we have identified and are now aware of it? Or do, like, how far have we come as far as one identifying this is actually true? This is still something we do. And it's something we're working to fix or like, nope, this is barely on the radar. Uh, good question. Okay. First of all, in my book, women, language and power, there's a ton of research to show that this is alive and well. And my experience is that so many of the women I work with are being held back because they haven't conquered these things now. So no, I think it's alive and well still, even though we have these, you know, figures, uh, you know, like you're saying, Kamala Harris, who are showing us that women can progress. Um, but, but then what you're saying is she will fall into the likability trap at some point. So can you describe that for our audience? Cause I, I resonated with that and that made great sense to me. Oh, the um, likability the- trap. Yeah. Um, Alicia Mendez wrote a book called the likability trap. Sure. That's where as women progress and they get more successful, what they find is people find them less likable. And when you are less likable, then people don't want to promote you or give you more money. So like I had a really successful sales leader and I was shocked when I, they, I was, she was referred to me because I knew her reputation, but what they found was she wasn't warm. And you know, what I found was working with her team. They did. She wasn't warm enough. She didn't ask them what they did on the weekend. She didn't have dinners with them when they were at conferences, you know, she wasn't doing all the sort of more maternal female things, but she was a, you know, killer salesperson and that team was winning constantly so so then then they're holding her back 
I mean, here's a woman very successful. They would never hold a man back for not being warm enough or likable enough. Mm -hmm. So it is absolutely alive and well. And I've been shocked um, to see, um, you know, in business, uh, how alive and well it is. But, you know, I see it every day, like at the chaise lounge place or with little girls. The research shows little girls are told three times more than boys to be quiet and to be nice. I think I just said that before. Mm. You know, that's hugely, uh, you know, a powerful input to a girl. Boys are taught they can use up space. You know, they can run around informally and make loud noises. Girls are told to stay in smaller spaces and be quiet. So girls don't learn how to stand up and take up space and command a room. I mean, taking up space is linked to being perceived as confident and leaderly, literally to move your arms around. Women are taught, put your arms, clasp your hands, put your legs tight, your ankles together, stay small. Stay oh, small. that was like what the power pose. Wasn't that a thing a few years ago where you put your hands on your hips, you thrust your hips out, you yes. know, you take up space, right? <laughs> That's Amy Cuddy. That's right. The power yeah. pose for two minutes, which she felt changed your brain chemistry such that you had more testosterone, more alpha feeling in yourself and less stress. So, um, right. Do you I agree mean, with I, it? it? Do you like it? You 100%, think 100%. I think it's cool. I tried it a couple of times. I think it's interesting. Oh, I do it. You know, anytime I'm going to speak at a conference, I stand in the bathroom for two minutes and just move around, even though, you know, I'm quite comfortable with it, but yes, no, it works. But for women, it's like, oh, I don't want to be that big. You know, of course, mm -hmm. then we get into the whole, you know, body, you know, issues that women have. Like, I don't want to be big. Oh, uh, I don't want to be big. Uh, so they stay small and then they get dinged for she doesn't speak up. She's not really assertive enough. She's not really decisive enough. She doesn't make herself visible enough. Mm. And we're going to hold her back as a result. Well, and also part of me, what you're saying as far as women and becoming those effective leaders almost reminds me of what we have to go through with hair, makeup, and clothing in that when you're saying, okay, so you're an effective leader, you've reached this high end stage, but now you're additionally supposed to care about, let me check in on your family. If someone's sick, let me make sure yes. I send them a meal. And yes. right. Because the truth is all that is just time. That's extra time that we're layering onto a, a woman in their expectations as a leader, right. To to delve into that extra level and to dive deeper with their employees the same way it takes us longer to get dressed every day, right? Like we have physical barriers that are actually slowing down our successfulness. Oh, that's such an interesting thing. Yes. Right. right. Along with not only having full jobs, we have full families. I mean, what, what women right. do like, is just remarkable. Yes, I agree. Um, and it matters too. Like Cynthia, Sylvia Hewitt, who wrote the book on executive presence, you know, she interviewed like 1200 people, executives to say, what do they think executive presence consisted of? And one of it was how you look. And what she said is that means you wear makeup. It doesn't mean you have to look like Barbie, but it means that you have to look professional. Right. And that means have some makeup on. Absolutely. <laughs> so how strange is that a quality right. for women? But, right. but if you, you think guys of that ask as me, where are we today? That's right. where we are. Absolutely. But if you're quantifying that, that's what 15 extra minutes exactly. that a man isn't having in the morning. So you've taken 15 minutes, right? Or yeah. look at me. I'm an effective throwing hair. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Right. And who wants to do that now that we've been at home in our pajamas, 
and um, we can turn our cameras off like you guys have your cameras. <laughs> I know, so, but you know, who wants to do that anymore? I don't. No, do you so want to know the most messed up thing that I think about sometimes? You look at these women and like I lo- Nancy Pelosi, right? The truth is, she yeah. got dinged one time. I remember this at the beginning of COVID for getting her hair done when everyone was locked yeah. down. She was in San Francisco. She went to yeah. the beauty parlor, and the yeah. first thing on my mind was like, mm, yes, I get it. Everyone is whatever yeah. stuck at home, but at the same point in time, hell's to the no. This woman ha- is the face of everything. Yeah. You're expected to look at her. She's got mm-hmm. to have her hair highlights mm-hmm. because she is working a job where the hair's mm-hmm. got to be done. The makeup's got to be done. And there's no getting around that. She can't come well, out in her bed clothes. And she's so like, also, right, right. She's also 80. So, right. you know, she's not like Kamala who can, Kamala, who can put her right. hair back, you know, and let's be honest, none of us can put our hair back. We have a sponsor we'd love to talk to you about today. We've got Senville. Scentfill invites you to decorate your air with the first and only 100% natural scented oil plug-in refill. It's 100% natural. We're into natural today. Obviously, we've had Freedom Soap. Now we've had Scentfill. No, we're obviously we not into- We don't mess with the chemicals. We are no. the, the good stuff. It's very high quality. So they have a happiness promise along with their over 80 unique scents that basically, if you have, if you don't like it, you get your money back. Who wouldn't um, like it? That's yes. hogwash. Yes, exactly. I've been enjoying mine for quite some time. We've talked about it for many an episode. Thank you, Scentville, for being such a good sponsor to us. Um, you can get a customizable starter kit for under $20. So all you have to do whenever you get your refills or just click them into your warmer, plug them in, and you will have a great smelling house. They also burn very slowly or they, I don't even know if you call it burn. You keep but saying they, burn. The point is, here's the deal. You don't know if your smoke. house smells. You don't know if your house smells because your nose blind to it. I'm here to tell you it doesn't smell that good. So My should- personal house? Wait, are you being serious? No, I'm saying all people are used to smelling their house, so they have no idea if it smells or not. So if I were oh. this is this is like more important than homeowners insurance. The way do you I know look. much do you know how much that stresses me out? The fact that I don't know how my own house smells, I, but like I, other, I, that that actually really that is something that legitimately stresses me and out. And here's the deal: you can buy your scent bill, you can smell it, you can be like, I like this, I won't be able to smell it eventually, but I'm gonna trust that this is the good smell, and I would do that. That's my <laughs> right. stuff. Scentfill.com, S-C-E-N-T-F-I-L-L.com forward slash welcome home, all one word, and put in the promo code WH10 and you will get 10% off your order and you'll have fast free shipping. Scentfill.com forward slash welcome home, use the promo code WH10 and you will be smelling good in all the ways we have brought good smells to the people of Welcome Home today. I want to go back to something that you said a second ago, because when you were talking about the the younger girls and how we give them this message, and I I have noticed that it kind of um, drives me crazy the way I've got a teenage boy and I've got a middle, a a tween boy. And yeah, they just, they do. Their wingspan is just everywhere. (laughs) But I'm in this situation where I've got a 13-year-old boy, an 11-year-old boy, and a 9-year-old girl. And the boys happen to just, the way the genetics worked out, they, they kind of inherited the more bigger, taller. She's, my daughter's super petite, super tiny. And it kills me because I feel like just by the family dynamics, she's the youngest, she's the smallest. And it mm-hmm. would, like, you know, you don't treat a 9-year-old the way you treat a 13-year-old. Like, he mm-hmm. gets to do things she doesn't get to do. And mm-hmm. and I just, as a mother, I'm sitting here saying, Okay, I've got to double down because one, you've got the societal messages, and then two, I've got this family dynamic where you're the youngest. I mean, what 
And then, and then at the same time, I also want her to be polite, to be kind, as much as I want her to assert herself. I don't care about her thoughts on bedtime. I'm still the parent. So it's also navigating how I give her messages of just like, no, you're doing your homework and I don't care what your preference is, but not having that become an internalized message that then, you know, I've got a 40-year-old woman who can't speak up for herself. Oh, well, there's a lot in that question. First of all, the polite and the nice part, just make that you apply the same things to boys. You know, in other words, it's the problem is girls are told be polite and nice. Boys are told boys are kind of boys. You know, what are you going to do? They're going to make all that. Um, so, right. you know, I don't, you, I don't have that that feeling, though, when I tell my boys, like, no, you you have to do this. I don't care what I don't care about their opinion. I don't care about anyone's opinion on bedtime, only mine. <laughs> but that to be said, you know, uh, I do wonder, I don't feel like they're internalizing that message in the same way that she is, which is my concern. And what's your concern about how she's internalizing? Well, how do you think she hears it? I just, I'm more, I mean, I don't know, but now I'm scared she is. Like, when I hear that this is something that we're just sort of subconsciously, because it does sound like it's sort of a subconscious thing that we're doing to young girls. Yes, That's it is. my concern is that, you know, is that that's the messaging she's taking away. Isn't, you know, you clean up your room because your mom said to clean up your room and that's how you become a responsible kid versus you, your opinion doesn't matter. What you want doesn't matter. Don't speak up for yourself. And you become a woman who then is in a boardroom and is scared to say what she wants. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think those are very different things, particularly for, again, applying the same rule to the boys that they have to clean up their room. I think what is great is to hear a, the, a girl to hear her mom go, no, this is my limit. Here's where it stops. Here's what I want. And I want you to do that as opposed to, oh, honey, you know, can you, I'm so sorry, you know, or I'll help you or it's, I expect that you are a fully capable kid clean up your room means x and i want it done Ooh, I no love i think that. So i'm like modeling it i'm modeling exactly it. like yeah mom doesn't oh that you know, Ooh, yeah susanna you're conflicting me so much because sometimes i do bring in the hammer and the hammer is dad and oh, that's terrible that yes. i did that oh my yes. gosh that's good yeah you don't want the hammer to be dad you want no. the hammer to be mom you know and my hammer. yeah like, I remember one day, um, my daughter called, I have two daughters, one daughter called me and she was stuck somewhere and said, mom, can you come pick me up? And I was with my other daughter and my other daughter picks up the phone and goes, Sophie, I'm with mom. So you, I'm sorry, you're going to have to figure out something else, you know? And I'm not sure I would have been so cold, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, let's go get her, Jess. She's, she was like, absolutely not. We are not going to get her. And she, she, she said, I'm sorry, you're stuck. It's not fun, but we're not coming to get you. And I just thought, wow, that girl has got more force than I do. And I need more of that. You know what I mean? To be less, because that's what we do. It's like, oh, it's the little one. Oh, it's the, oh, no. I'm going to show you what it means to be a woman who's got boundaries, who's not afraid to assert them, and who feels good about asserting them. Okay. So for our listeners, I'm everything I love, you're what you're saying. What, can you give us a couple gleam a few pieces of advice from your wonderful book about ways, let's say women don't feel assertive, things that we could start doing immediately that would move the needle toward being more assertive and powerful? With, um, you mean as a mother or as women? Mm, I, either or. <laughs> okay. With women, as, here's as what women. you want to start watching. Okay. Because again, how we're socialized is to modify an assertion we want to make, modify it. We prioritize include when little girls play together, we learn how to talk 
speaking in language, um, in, in, in our same sex groups as children. So girls learn that the way to talk is to be always prioritize inclusion and collaboration and everybody's happy and we play jump rope and everybody gets a turn. Boys are socialized to, around hierarchy. There's a top dog, that top dog gets to tell others what to do and they never wanna show themselves to be weak because they're always trying to be the stronger one. So we're, girls are always taking an assertion like, I wanna play or I wanna be, I want something. And then going, you know, like saying, could I play? Is it all right if I play? You know, excuse me, is it, then this happens in the work world. Someone interrupts them, they go, can I finish my point? That's because they were socialized not to say, I want to finish my point. So what we have to do is first stop modifying. So what I do in my book is say to women, if there's something you want to say, what's the main assertion you want to make? What's that headline? Then explain it, then support it. So th th this may be more complicated, but in other words, get clear what you want to say and try not to put, I think, or I just want to. You know, I was trying to get this guy out of the pool one day when it was our turn at swim practice to get in. And I went up and I said, I think it's time for you to get out. I knew darn well it was 630. It was time for him to get out. My friend said, uh, you know what time it is, right? It was a very indirect way of putting it. So we want My coach said it's 630. We're getting in. You know, she could see he wasn't responding. He wasn't responding to niceness. And we didn't need to be nice. He was taking up our time. So it's that like getting clear on what you want to say and do not do not modify it to be to be. But don't we want to start? I loved that example from the pool and the swimming. And that was a, a nice part of the I really enjoyed that analogy. So basically what happened? The coach stuck the kickboard in the pool and basically made it so the, the guy was trying to turn in the lap lane and she stuck the kickboard down there, basically preventing him from making his turn. And that's right. You know, it kind of jarred him into figuring out on time three that it was time for this man to get out of the pool. However, shouldn't we like, that's the thing. And this is okay. So I guess an example I use is whenever I call customer service hotlines, like I need something done, let's just give it, you know, whatever it is. I always start with, thank you so much for your time. You know, I, I right. try sugar, they get two elements of sugar and then I'll go crazy. Who are you? Who's your manager? I'm recording this call. You're going down. You'll never work again in this country or any other, you know, and like, but it's like Very on good. reserve. Like I keep it. It's like my arsenal, like my, my quiver. Right. So, right. But like, I get what you're saying, but like, would you have started with this gentleman in the lap lane who, I mean, I don't think I would have stuck a kickboard in a man's face like time one. Well, I'll or, tell or a you. woman's face, anyone's right. face. Like, do you do right. you assume it was like, oh, he might not know at six thirty? Like, do you give him the benefit of the doubt and like start with kindness? And sure, say, if it was the first time, Kirsten, oh. it was the first time. It wasn't the first time. So, um, that, he that, was a habitual he, offender. Okay. He was a, an offender who knew exactly what he was doing. And right. so, what I did fifteen years later, you know, what I did later was um, with people like that. I just get in the lane with them. And I stand right at the, you know, where they'd have to make a turn. And I say, you know, and they have to put their, and I go, it's 630. That's all I say is it's 630. I say it very nicely, but there's no equivocation. And this one guy said to me, okay, I just have a couple more laps. And I said, okay, you have one minute left. And then no problem. I said, there's, you've got a minute left, whatever you can get in. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, that's uh, very yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you find your style of communication to be quite freeing. You're the Lorax. You speak for the trees. <laughs> that's so interesting you say that because, you know, I have a workshop called Women, Language, and Power. And inevitably, what women say is, 
This is so liberating that mm-hmm. I don't have to rephrase what I'm saying, that I can just say it's our time to get in or we're going to get in or it's time for you to get out. Mm-hmm. You know, just all the really nice, but straight. You can be nice, but be straightforward. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's the point. And for girls, just watch your tendency to tell them to be small, to tell them to be nicer, to be quieter. And, and I don't mean to support their raucousness, but not to box them in because that that's what you're that's what we're doing to them. We're saying, you, you know, wait your turn. Boys don't wait their turn. You know, sit down, uh, be quiet. So let's support them in coming forward. And then really help women uh, make their speech more direct. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, I have a question for you. You're an executive coach, and I'm also thinking how interesting it is that you have the chaise lounge example, you have the pool example, but <laughs> you're also working with people who are, you know, very successful, very accomplished, yes. and you're still having the same problems. So I yes. think, you know, no matter who you are, I'm sure this is going to relate to you if you're a woman. Um, I'm thinking about some of our listeners who are m- maybe taking a break from from professional life. They're they're at home, they're in their community, or maybe they're working less, they're working part-time, but they're still volunteering at the kids' school or doing, you know, more, the more casual sort of interactions in life. But I yep. think, but my gosh, anyone who's ever volunteered knows that's a lot of time, that's a lot of effort, and how you show up in those spaces matter as well. But do you think there's a temptation for women to sort of, even if they feel comfortable asserting themselves in the workplace, to sort of like pull back in their personal life and, oh, if you can't show up and you said you would, I understand you're a volunteer, whereas it's maybe in, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you feel like people have a harder time in more casual, less work-focused environments to sort of play that card? Interesting question, because at work, there is more support for being more what you're talking about, sort of direct. And um, yes. And particularly women with women, you know what I mean? Like women who are, everybody's doing lunches at school. Yes. Particularly women with women. That's I I don't, the, the, the trouble is across the board work, work and outside of work, but you might be right that, you know, there's an expectation that you're going to be a little more considerate, a little more, uh, yielding a little more sensitive. And so you don't assert yourself or set your boundaries or expectations quite as strongly in a personal setting. I, I, I think that's probably fair. So it's even harder. Like it's really hard for me to tell somebody who cuts in line with me in, in front of me, in front of the grocery store to say, I'm in, I'm sorry. I was in line. See, see how I said, I'm sorry. Yes. Um, right there. Even that's where it mistakes. is. That's how fast it is right there. 
to yes. say I um, am in line. It's okay. I'm, We're not mad at you, Susanna. We no, like, no. like I love okay. that. You're I good. love it. <laughs> That's how ingrained it is. So, I mean, and I find, I practice those things. No, I was in line here. Very hard to do because I say to myself, here we go, considering others. Well, you know, when you've got time, no, I don't feel that way. I don't want that guy in front of me or that woman in front of me. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you're always, yeah, I don't know. I, I totally agree with you. However, I just feel like, I feel like a sociopath sometimes in my life though. Again, I mean, not that you want my background, but I was raised on Long Island with a very like direct, aggressive, oh, same yeah. thing as you fight for yeah. it at the family, just fight, 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 fight. And I live in a lovely, thoughtful Southern small town where, oh. you know, I tell my, <laughs> I wish you all could have seen Susanna's face. I just understanding the dichotomy of Graham's two worlds here. Well, I, I mean, my dad, even taking myself out of it, I tell my dad, you know, he will go in and, you know, just go to town at the dry cleaner. And I'm like, dad, you're lucky because you can make an enemy of said dry cleaner because you have 19 others to choose from, but I have two others. Like I can't, I can't anger the dry cleaner. I don't have as many choices as you have. Right. We like, this is not how this operation works. Um, you know, you, you know, and so I, I'm cognizant when I go into the supermarket and someone cuts in front of me, I'm going to be seeing that person over and over and over again. Yes, um, that's what we now we could say that's like the guy in the swimming pool. You know, I'm going to see him. So in some ways we over rotate on that, though, as though asserting yourself is offending someone else. And here I'll give you an example, what I think. You know what I mean? we're trained to do that, to consider others. Oh, well, I'm going to see them. So I don't really want to wreck this relationship. That's what girls always are working towards. I want to keep the relationship. I want to keep the good feeling there. I think we over rotate on that because particularly with men, they don't get as uh, uh, irritated by um, people being assertive. So for example, my daughter was on a call the other day at work and these two guys, she's with these two colleagues, two men, and they're interrupting each other, raising their voices. And at a certain point, she realized that's what they're doing. So I'm going to do that. So she interrupted. She raised her voice to match theirs, got their attention and made her point. And, and the thing was, she realized they didn't get upset about that. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, they don't, that's kind of, that's like watching men play basketball. They beat right. each other all up and then they get off the thing and go have a beer together. You know, <laughs> they're not as, a lot of people are not going to be as upset as you think if you politely assert boundaries or expectations or wants or needs. Right. Absolutely. Susanna. I you have uh, to challenge those assumptions. I could not agree more. It's a wonderful book. We have Dr. Susanna Baldwin. I want to thank you so much for your time today. This was an eye-opener, but it also kind of whet our appetite for your book. Your book can be found anywhere, Amazon, anywhere books are to be found, Women, Language, and Power, Giving Voice to Our Ambition. Dr. Baldwin, you also meet with clients individually as well. Yes, I do. You also coach. Wow. I teach workshops. Yeah. Workshop. Oh, do you do them virtually? Oh, yeah. Of course she does. She's a modern woman, Kirsten. <laughs> I know, right? Terrible 2020 question. Thank you, Susanna. This was really helpful. And it, it definitely is um, giving me a lot to think about in the way I communicate. And yeah, you've really got me thinking. It's a great book. Really Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the book seriously, because it's so. I think it's so important for women. And that's all we have from Kirsten and Graham. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Welcome Home. 
If you're interested in hearing more from the iconic best friend duo, please subscribe, tell your friends about us, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for giveaways and other exciting updates. Until next time, welcome home.